You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. For me, I'm excited to see how the Chargers can end their season, hopefully with some momentum going into next year. And Pepsi on your game day is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before I get started, I am a writer who got my start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and now I write for the LA Football Network, and I've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons doing our Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and I've also been hosting the Locked on Chargers podcast for three seasons now, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, today is a special episode because it is a crossover Wednesday today with the Locked on Broncos podcast and Cody Rourke and Welcome into all of our new listeners. Really appreciate you guys checking out the show. And a special thank you to all of our loyal fans checking us out again. And we have a lot to get into with Cody today because the Chargers are facing off against the Broncos this weekend. And we're going to talk about if the Melvin Gordon contract has been a success so far. What the Broncos need to do or going to try to do to get off to a faster start than they did in the last game. And, you know, what big questions does that team have? being at the seller of the AFC West. But I'm also going to talk about Joey Bosa because we know that he has a concussion and we wondered if the Chargers were going to shut him down. But Anthony Lynn had an answer to that in his press conference on Tuesday. So we'll talk about that as well as talking about the NFL's new rule about trying to interview coaches from other teams before the season is over and how the Chargers kind of hurt themselves by not being in a position to start interviewing other head coaches yet. But let's go ahead and get into it. Los Angeles Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn on Tuesday announced in his press conference that the Chargers are not planning on shutting Joey Bosa down for the rest of the season. This is Daniel Wade with your Locked On Chargers lead story. Joey Bosa suffered a concussion in his last game and had to leave the game because of it and is now in the concussion protocol. And Anthony Lynn was talking about it in his press conference on Tuesday. And although some people thought he may be shutting Joey Bosa down for the rest of the season because it is Bosa's second concussion in eight weeks. But it didn't seem like that was the team's plan. When he was asked about it in his press conference, he said that they do not intend to shut him down for the season, but he really wouldn't talk about it much other than that. And I think this could be a missed opportunity for the Chargers. And I understand the dilemma because if you have a healthy player and you're just going to keep him out, even though he could play, that sends a dangerous message to the rest of the team that you're not, you know, holding these players accountable. But in this case, with two head injuries, the last thing you want to do is possibly expose him to a third head injury before the season is over. And instead of just letting him rest and having an entire offseason to heal from it, I think there is an argument to be made of not really starting any of your major players in the last game of the year or the second to last game, just because a catastrophic injury would be kind of pointless at that point. But You get paid to play the game. You're out there. If you're healthy, you should be out there with the rest of your team. And I think there's so many young players on this Chargers roster 
that can still really use the experience. And I would include Justin Herbert in that as well. But Lynn did give a couple other updates on some injuries. He said that he's not sure if Denzel Perriman is going to be back this week, but he also wasn't ruling it out. And he also said that starting right tackle Brian Bulaga is back at practice, which is great news for rookie Justin Herbert as far as how he is going to be protected coming up this weekend against the Broncos. But Anthony Lynn also got to talk about a couple of other things in his press conference. And one of the things I thought was interesting was him talking about Herbert and some of the struggles that he had specifically against the AFC East. And he didn't really get too much into it, but basically he said that he went through a rough patch, but now he thinks that he's come out of that rough patch even better than he started. And I think he's alluding to the rookie struggles that Herbert had against some pretty good defenses in the AFC East. And I think there is something to be said about teams kind of figuring him out a little bit. But now that he's seeing these defenses kind of adjust to him, this is a good opportunity for him to learn from some of the mistakes that he's made and find out some of the ways that teams are going to attack him going forward. Because as a rookie, the book isn't out on you yet, but slowly that book is being written. And it looks like Justin Herbert is at least trying to reverse some of those trends. And he's actually doing better with some of the things that he struggled with earlier on in the season. And Austin Eckler kind of talked about the importance of Justin Herbert to the Chargers offense. And he said he's taken a lot of responsibility on his shoulders and he's proven that he can take that. And I think our identity is coming through Herbert right now. And I think if you look at the Chargers and the games that they've been really close in, it's usually because of Justin Herbert. It's usually because Justin Herbert is having a good game. But I do think it speaks volumes for a rookie to be able to take more and more on his shoulders as the season goes on, taking more control of the offense and having the rest of the team respect him in that sense coming in as a first-year player so I do think it is a good time for growth for Justin Herbert but another piece of NFL news that I thought was interesting that came out on Tuesday was Tom Pelissero reporting the new rules about interviewing coaches on other teams for potential openings and what he said was big change to the NFL head coaching hiring process this year Starting tomorrow, hiring teams may request and conduct virtual interviews with candidates employed by other teams, sources tell me and Ian Rappaport. He also followed that up by saying the new rule allowing virtual interviews during the regular season can be up to two hours and applies to head coaching vacancies only. Restrictions apply to other positions. No in-person interviews are permitted as long as the hiring club or candidates club is still playing and teams can still deny the request. So this is interesting for the Chargers because they do not currently have a head coaching vacancy, but I think many people expect that Anthony Lynn is going to be fired at the end of the season with how much this team has underperformed this year. It is by no means a guarantee, but the Chargers are on the short list of teams that could be needing a new head coach in 2021. And what this is saying is basically other teams that have already gotten rid of their head coach, you think of teams like the Texans, the Falcons, and the Lions can get a jump start on their coaching search. Offensive and defensive coordinators from other teams starting now instead of what it used to be, which was starting at the end of the season. And they can kind of get their foot in the door. And for the Chargers, I think what they have to kind of wrestle with is, did we do ourselves a disservice by letting Anthony Lynn finish out the season and cost ourselves a chance to build a rapport with one of these team's coordinators, with someone we could be targeting in the offseason because we decided to stick it out with Anthony Lynn. But now those teams are going to have the first cracks at guys like Tennessee offensive coordinator Arthur Smith and the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable, just to name a couple. And the Chargers are going to have to wonder if by the time 
they'd potentially release Anthony Lynn if some of their best options might already be off the table. But I do have two more segments to get into. We have to get into our crossover with a locked on Broncos and Cody work coming up after this. We'll be talking about Melvin Gordon and what that situation's like over there. And we're also going to try to figure out what the Broncos game plan is going to be to get off to a quicker start against the Chargers this time. And we're going to get into that with him coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. If you guys have listened to the show before, you know how much I love Built Bars. And my main sticking point always is if I'm going to have a protein bar, I need it to be good for me. But I also need it to taste good because if it doesn't taste good, I'm just not going to eat it. And that's what I love about Built Bars. They have a ton of flavors. You can go coconut almond. You can go lemon almond cheesecake. For me, I'm always loving anything peanut butter flavored. So I go peanut butter or peanut butter brownie. Banana bread's also a really good one. And all the bars are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And right now we have a special offer for our listeners only. If you guys go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys that we have a new big sponsor, and I'm talking about BetOnline.ag. They are the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And right now, I can give you guys some free money to go gamble with, and I'll also be giving you money to the only place that has you covered and the only place that I trust with my money, and that's BetOnline.ag. The NFL regular season is coming to an end. Don't worry, you still have the playoffs. You can still get your bets in, and betonline.ag is the only place to go. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and you can get that free money by using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So make sure you guys check it out because there are a lot of games you can bet on. You can put some money on the Chargers game. They're right now a three-point favorite against the Broncos and many, many more bets, and you can trust the place that you're betting with, which is so important. So make sure you guys check out betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus. It is crossover Thursday and, uh, you know, Merry Christmas Eve to all of you all across the NFL community. If you're a Chargers fan or if you're a Broncos fan, I'm Cody Rourke of Lockdown Broncos and I'm joined by my good friend Dan Wade of Lockdown Chargers today to talk about Sunday's matchup. The Denver Broncos traveling to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. And this could be a matchup where Melvin Gordon gets to go against his former team coming back to L.A. in a sense. And the Chris Harris Jr. against his former team. So, Dan, Merry Christmas Eve, my man. It's a gift to be able to do this podcast with you how you doing hey man i'm stoked i'm happy to be here and i'm always down to talk about some division rivalries especially you know when there's a couple of guys who get to play against their former team i think that just adds to it so i'm really excited for this weekend's matchup obviously the chargers have a bad taste in their mouth after the walk-off when the broncos had the first time these two teams matched up but i know chris harris jr is definitely happy to be back for this one so much has changed, I think, with these two teams since they last played. And, you know, the Chargers held a pretty big lead in that game against Denver. Denver was able to come back from 21 down in that fourth quarter and, and kind of play spoils at, you know, at the buzzer there. But, you know, really the theme has been the same, I think, for this Chargers football team. I watch every single week. I watch a lot of games and, you know, I always keep my eye on Justin Herbert and he continues to just be Justin Herbert. What we've seen from him so far, there's been a couple games where you know he's kind of looked like he's come down to earth a little bit, but he's been very efficient. I mean, there was a game I think he passed for close to only just like 200 yards, but he was like 36 of 40 passing. 
and he was just the short dink and dunk stuff. So, so much has changed in this matchup, and, and I'm looking forward to previewing it with you. So I want to start off on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, in the first time that these two teams played, no Austin Eckler, but the Chargers, they were still able to rush for over 200 yards against Denver, and you also had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. What has it been like for the Chargers getting Austin Eckler back? Has he been limited at all because hamstring issues? They can always be you know, kind of lingering in a sense. They can get you at any moment. How has the Chargers offense been with Eckler in the lineup in comparison to when they were without him? Well, the funny thing is that since they've had him back, they haven't had a rushing performance like that since then, which I think is that's kind of surprising because he's still been good carrying the football. He's still averaged the most yards per attempt since he's been back. But I think the Chargers, it's been a balance of trying to find out where he fits in this offense after not having him for so long. So in that game you're talking about, you know, where Justin Herbert throws it 50 times and averages like five yards per attempt. That's because a lot of that was just dump it off to Austin Eckler, right? I mean, he's had, you know, nine, 12 reception games already since he's been back. But I think it's finding the balance of being able to use him in those situations without having that be the bulk of your offense. But especially with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen being banged up, they barely played in the last game. They combined for three catches. They had to have some young guys step up. It could be a big Austin Eckler game. But what we also saw against the Raiders was, even if the Chargers are going up against a team that they should be able to run the ball well against, it's very hit or miss from week to week. I mean, the Raiders had allowed over 200 rushing yards in back-to-back games before they faced off against the Chargers. The Chargers really only had a moderate output in that game. But obviously, to have that security blanket for Justin Herbert, to be able to dump it off you know, behind the line of scrimmage and potentially get a first down out of that, because Austin Eckler is able to make somebody miss, I think it is invaluable for him. And I think he's just been kind of figuring out when do I use that? Do I just check down? Or in the last game, it was, okay, I have Austin Eckler at the check down. Let me see if I have something a little bit farther down the field first. And you were able to see him put up in 9.8 yards per attempt. He was throwing the ball past the first yard marker, first down marker. But that's when Justin Herbert's at his best. I mean, when you have an arm like that, the dump offs are nice. You want to see him be able to get chunk plays. You want to be able to see him rip it up the seam and do the things that he's best at. And I think they're still kind of finding that balance. Oh, and he's, you know, he's got the fine line between taking what the defense has given him and also capitalizing. I mean, there's times we see them take shots downfield. And so my next question to you is, you know, you talked about the health status of Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, both guys banged up and they played last week though against the Raiders. Now they've had quite some time since that Thursday night game all the way till now to be able to rest up and, and kind of deal with some of that. Do you think that they're going to be limited? Do you think they're going to be full goal this week when they play Denver? I mean, it seems like at this point for Mike Williams, it's hard to ever imagine him being fully healthy. I mean, that's just been kind of what the season has been for him so far. He's missed some games. He's been limited. And I think it's hard with a hamstring injury and a back spasms for Keenan Allen to really know if he's going to be able to get that 100%. Obviously, the extra layoff between the two games is definitely going to help. As we're recording this, we don't have all the injury reports to see if they're able to fully participate. But at the same time, I mean, you know he's going to try to be out there, but you'd have to hope that it's better than we've seen from him. Because in the last couple of games, I mean, just having him on third down, just having him in very limited opportunities hasn't really paid big dividends for the Chargers. And I think the difference between them having a fully healthy Keenan Allen in this game and having a Keenan Allen who can only come in on third downs is going to be a big difference because obviously he's one of the best third down weapons in the league. He's one of the best route runners in the league. And he's just Justin Herbert's main target. I mean, he's been targeted, you know, Michael Thomas amount of times this year. So, you know, that chemistry is there, but I do think his health and if he's a full go, will definitely have a huge impact on the Chargers offense this week. 
Well, and you also mentioned that too. I mean, the Broncos secondary right now, cornerbacks banged up. And so when I factor in a matchup against, you know, a team like the Chargers, I, you know, I worry about those weapons because Denver struggled with Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is a great receiver, but the overall talent that the Chargers have at the skill player position and you factor in a tight end as well, it poses a little bit of a problem for Denver. But I want to shift our focus now to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Chris Harris Jr. will be playing his former team here. Uh, the question I have for you, it seems like the Chargers defense, they've been dealing with injuries all throughout this season. They've never really been the full strength that I think that they could be. What is the Chargers defense looking like ahead of Sunday's matchup against Denver? Because Denver is still in that, that mode where they're still trying to figure out what works for them. And, and they might use some of the same things they used in that fourth quarter against the Chargers. But Overall, Denver has struggled, I, I think, in a sense of being able to go against defenses consistently, especially those that are aggressive. And no L.A., they are very aggressive at times. They've been a lot more aggressive, too, right? And that's the thing is Gus Bradley is known for being like the least blitzing defensive coordinator in the NFL. And I think he's still probably close to that. But what you have seen from the team is a little bit more man coverage which has turned into some more turnovers the last couple of weeks. I mean, they intercept Matt Ryan three times. Chris Harris Jr. gets the late interception. That should have won them the game last week. But really the biggest part of this is going to be Joey Bosa's health because he is now in the concussion protocol. And the thing is, is this is his second concussion of the season. So I think there's a big risk-reward factor for the Chargers of, hey, he missed two games last time that he had a concussion. Is it worth bringing him back for two meaningless games at the end of the season? And for me, I'm always an advocate of, hey, if you're healthy, you're out there. You can't send that message to your team that, hey, even though this guy's healthy, we're going to hold him out because he's so valuable. But after he's already missed two games because of a concussion, and now he's getting a second concussion in the same season, which is really scary, especially for someone who's the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. I mean, I think you have to handle that as cautiously as possible. But then, you know, Anthony Lynn's also trying to coach for his job right now so I think Joey Bosa has been a one-man wrecking crew for the Chargers defense and without him it really just takes the teeth out of it for this Chargers defense because he's had games where he's had 15 pass rushing snaps and is leading the team by far in pressure the Chargers cannot get pressure without Joey Bosa the whole defense is predicated on causing you know errant throws rush decisions and things like that because of the pressure so if the Chargers don't have Joey Bosa this week it's hard to imagine that they're going to have a lot of you know success trying to get after Drew Locke and making him uncomfortable, which is how they got off to such a fast start in the first game. And the Broncos, they gave up three sacks last week, which they haven't given up a lot of sacks this season overall, except at the beginning of the year. The offensive line did a really good job keeping Drew Locke upright, except last week against Buffalo. But Broncos country and Chargers nation, coming up here in just a moment, Dan's going to flip the script. He's going to ask me questions related to the Denver Broncos and maybe what Chargers fans can see and what Broncos fans can expect from this Denver football team when they travel to L.A. this Sunday. Coming up here in just a moment. All right, guys, well, it's time to get back into this special holiday edition of the crossover episode this week. Locked on Chargers and Locked on Broncos. Me, Daniel Wade, host of Locked on Chargers with Cody Rourke, host of the Locked on Broncos. And this is a matchup that is really, you know, trying to race for not being last in the AFC West right now. And that, unfortunately, is where both of these teams find themselves. But when I look at the last game, I mean, these are always nice doing the second crossover because you've actually seen how these teams matched up and you've seen what's going to happen. And obviously there's different personnel and stuff in this game than there was last time. Chris Harris Jr. is going to be back, so you know that's going to be a big game for him. But the Broncos obviously found something, right, against this Chargers defense late in that game to have the big fourth quarter comeback. So my biggest question is, 
What do you think they're going to do differently this time around offensively to try to find some of that rhythm that they found in that fourth quarter so they don't get off to such a slow start? Well, you know, I'd say it has to start with running the football. Denver's gotten a lot better at running the ball more effectively with Melvin Gordon uh, and Phillip Lindsay. Still a little bit hit and miss with Phillip Lindsay because the Broncos, sometimes they like to just run him on inside runs, which teams have started to figure out when Phillip Lindsay's in the game, they're just going to run him. So they're playing the run. They're not necessarily playing the pass. So they have to find a way to be not so one-dimensional. One uh, of the things that worked against the Chargers in that first matchup in that fourth quarter, Denver ran some deep over patterns. And it was with Deshaun Hamilton and Jerry Judy, uh, especially because they caught the Chargers sometimes playing in a cover three look and they didn't have Chris Harris Jr. at the time so they didn't really have that man cover presence inside the slot where Chris Harris plays you know now in some of the games I've watched I've seen Casey Hayward struggle this year I've seen some Chargers fans on my timeline they've talked about the struggles of that so I think Denver's gonna have to try to go after him a little bit they're gonna have to try to make an emphasis at that and maybe you want to test Chris Harris Jr. but then again as you mentioned this is a big game for Chris going against his former team that you know they didn't really end on the best of terms and I think it's gonna make for an exciting matchup uh, but I think Denver's gonna have to run the ball a lot better than they have been and they've been better in the red zone too they you know they've been that's been an area where they've struggled and now since that charge game they've actually improved week to week to week and they were three for three against the buffalo bills even though they lost in blowout fashion they were still able to capitalize so it's building on those things and, and trying to make sure that drew locks the guy going into next year yeah and i know we talked about that last time i didn't want to talk too much about just the drew lock thing because obviously that's kind of an ambiguous situation it seems like it changes at this point week to week but the one commonality these team two teams have is you know having melvin gordon be on the broncos and i think when you look at his game so far this year it's up and down but i mean i think it's you know he's having probably the second best year of his career right now with the broncos so now Obviously, you've had more of a sample size to kind of figure out how you feel about that contract, and especially with Philip Lindsay, who it's still, I mean, there's part of me that still feels like Philip Lindsay is the better running back. Melvin Gordon has been really good, though, and obviously they have a different type of running style. But now that you've seen more of Melvin Gordon, I know Chargers fans, you know, kind of like to hate watch Melvin with how all of that kind of ended up. But how are you kind of assessing that deal now that you've seen it play out for most of the season? Well, you know, at the beginning of the season, and I still feel that the Broncos should have paid Philip Lindsay, and and now they're going to obviously face some uh, some offers as he becomes a restricted free agent this summer, and you know Denver is probably going to put a second round tender on him. But in terms of Melvin Gordon, you know the contract, I I certainly understand it, but the way he's been playing in the last month for Denver, he's been arguably the best back in the way that he's played, especially as a receiver out of the backfield and as a runner, he just seems to get more downhill, more forward than Philip Lindsay has, and and also you know he's also been on the benefactor of being able to run on some power plays they've been able to pull the play side guard out they've been able to pull the backside guard out and he's been able to follow that guy into space and, and find a rhythm to get upfield and that's been nice and he's also reduced his turnovers and he had a turnover against the Miami Dolphins he fumbled the ball at the half yard line one time and I know that was something that happened against right. the Tennessee Titans in 2019 for him <laughs> one so yard line fumbled it, yeah. it just brings it all back but Melvin Gordon has has been impressive in the last month and a half but yeah I think the contract is always a concern I think for Broncos fans especially uh, you know when Philip Lindsay's had back-to-back thousand-yard rushing seasons. Now, Phil's missed some games this year due to injury. One, you know, obviously for a toe injury, and then also for a concussion protocol. So, I it's, they still need to pay him. But Melvin Gordon's probably going to be the premier back in this matchup. I think you know the Broncos view him as the guy that matches up really well against his defense. Yeah, and Phil Lindsay, Charger fans. I mean, you remember he's the guy that kind of broke things open for the Broncos and got that offense rolling. In that first matchup, I mean, it's a big Philip Lindsay runner. Who knows how the rest of that game plays out? But that was the big play that was kind of the backbreaker for the Chargers defense. But flipping things around to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I don't think that 
the Chargers offense is as high powered as the Buffalo Bills are. I think when you look at the skill set, the skill set is there, but just the week to week output, the consistency of being able to go in and put up points pretty much against anybody isn't really there with the Chargers. I mean, even against the Falcons a couple weeks ago, you put up 20 points in a game that you end up winning, but it didn't, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel like you're a high powered offense all the time. Obviously there's some question marks about Mike Williams and Keenan Allen going into this week, but Coming back from that performance, it seems like the Broncos usually have something pretty good cooked up for the Chargers for the most part. I mean, it's not like the Chargers are you know putting up a ton of points. It always seems like it's going to be close. So balancing back from a game where the defense for the Broncos gives up 48 points, what are you looking for them to improve and correct going into this game against the Chargers? Oh, you know, really, I'd say the dilemma you ran into when you played Josh Allen, not only is he a big physical guy that has a, a laser arm, but he's hard to bring down, too. He, You know, he's a guy that can hurt you with his legs. And, and Denver struggled against it. There's times he escaped the pocket and Denver pursued, but hard to bring down and he still finds a way to make throws. And, he, you know, he's one of those guys that's always going to get forward yardage there. Uh, I think against Justin Herbert, you're not necessarily too worried about him being the guy that's going to hurt you with his legs. He has the capability of being able to run the ball, but you're not focused on, I mean, the Chargers aren't designing, I mean, outside right. of a couple of times I've seen it, they're not designing really quarterback runs for Justin Herbert the way that Buffalo does with a guy like Allen. But what concerns me about this Denver defense, especially this matchup against, uh, you know, a team like the Los Angeles Chargers, is the fact that the Broncos secondary right now, cornerback, is thin. The last time the Broncos and Chargers played, they had Bryce Callahan healthy, and they had A.J. Boye healthy, even though he got knocked out of that game in that second half. Uh, the Broncos, they got Devontae Bosby, and they got Michael Ojemudi on the outside, a rookie third round pick out of Iowa and then a guy who they cut a couple of times and then he ended up coming back that you know they luckily they were able to do that but Denver has struggled in the last two weeks without those two guys there and and Michael Ojemudi got ejected last week so teams are going to go after him I expect the Chargers to test him and Devontae Bosby is probably a little bit more solidified but the Broncos did sign Parnell Motley off of the 49ers practice squad and they're hoping to get him up to speed this week in case that he needs to step up on the field but right now Denver's got three legitimate quarterback cornerbacks well, and also you can factor in, too, they have Nate Harrison off the Ravens practice squad, but Denver is hurting at that position. I think that that's where the Chargers are going to attack them. So for me, I think if Denver has, if they are going to have any kind of chance to, to compete in this game, they have to play better from the cornerback position. They, you know, Ojemudi has to play better. Devontae Bosby has to play better because teams, what they did, especially Stephon Diggs, they were throwing the short stuff and he was getting yards after the catch. And then they take a couple shots downfield and they'd get the advantage and they'd beat them. So Denver defensively, they struggled and they struggled on third down. Buffalo went nine of 13 on third down. You can't do that against a team like the Los Angeles Chargers, even though that their record is what it is. They are a much more dangerous team despite their record, especially on offense. I think offense right now is the bread and butter of this Los Angeles Chargers team. And we've seen that. So for Denver, that's going to be my biggest concern for them on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. And the Chargers defensively just haven't had enough, you know, consistency to really make that something that they can count on week in and week out. And I think the way the corners for the Broncos play this week is going to have a huge impact on what ends up deciding this game, especially with the personnel the Chargers have. I mean, last week when you have Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton, that's two speedsters. And what did we see them do? You know, we saw them attacking corner routes. We saw them attacking the deep third of the field and really making them have to really worry about that consistently. And I think it opened up a lot of the short stuff for Hunter Henry, which ended up with one of his better games of the season. So I definitely think the Chargers are going to take some shots. If they don't, they absolutely should. And I think the Broncos on the other side should take some shots too, because the deep ball for the Chargers defense has been one of the worst defenses in the league. But obviously at this point, both these teams are out of the playoffs. And I know a lot of fans have been looking forward. You know, they're already looking into draft season. They're already looking into off season questions and stuff like that. So 
now that this year is wrapping up, the Chargers have the gold standard of the AFC West to look up at, and so do the Broncos. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. So now with this season, kind of a lost season for both teams, I mean, the Chargers found their quarterback, so that's obviously great. You know what you have to build around, but you're still not necessarily close for either team. I mean, it's hard to say that either team is really close to the Chiefs, even though they played them tough, and they always seem to play them tough. But what is your now biggest question going into this offseason? What do you want to see for this team to try to get into this arms race in the AFC West? What are you looking for? Well, you know, I think for me and for people in Denver, you know, I think we want to see the Broncos run it back with Pat Sherman and Drew Locke one more year. Give him another year because you're without Cortland Sutton the entire season. Ah, that you know, hurts. So you get him back. Albert Okwabenum, you get him back. Right tackle Juwan James will be back next year as well. See what this offense can do. Now, Melvin Gordon's likely to be suspended the first three games of next season due to his DUI. So there's some questions that running back and what the Broncos decide to do. But I think in order to be definitively sure, unless you're in the market for Trevor Lawrence, which the Broncos, they're not in that market. They will never be in that market, unfortunately. Uh, you're going to have to see what Drew Locke has, right? I, I feel like you can evaluate this year, right? He's played 16 games. He's gone 8-8 eight and eight in his record as a starter for the Broncos at the quarterback position. Now, what does he do going into really, truly his second year of the NFL? I viewed this as his rookie year. And so what does he do really in his legit second year with the offseason, with OTAs, and with a healthy roster? Can he replicate? Can he grow? And if not, then I think the Broncos have their answer after 2021 as to what they need to do. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me. I mean, the thing is, is like, I feel like people are kind of forgetting the fact that he's just now played an entire season. So it's like to, you know, really judge him that harshly off of games he hasn't played. And I mean, I think it's a little bit unfair. And I think if you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, you know, reaching for another first round quarterback brings its own issues. And that's not necessarily always the right answer. But as a team that had their quarterback questions last year, I definitely can understand that. And I mean, Drew Locke always looks like a Pro Bowl quarterback against the Chargers, unfortunately. So we'll see if he can muster up some of that magic on Sunday so one of these teams can get out of the cellar of the AFC West. And I think it will be a big matchup. I don't know how you're feeling about the game generally. I mean, I just always kind of assume with Chargers games is going to be close no matter what the injuries are on both sides. The only game that hasn't been was the Patriots 45-0 to blowout. I don't necessarily see that being the case this weekend. So I think it's going to be a good matchup this weekend, Cody. I'm excited to definitely watch it. And I think both of these teams have some really young, exciting players that even though they're not in it now, you can build excitement going forward because there's some weapons on both of these teams that I'm excited to see healthy in the 2021 season. But make sure you guys check out the game this weekend. I'm sure we'll both be live tweeting the game and giving our instant analysis. You can find Cody Work on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL and check out his pregame show that he's always doing on Sundays with Ross Jackson for the Locked On Podcast Network. It's one of my favorite shows. I'm definitely watching every week before the games to get me ready for Sunday's slate. But that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Cody, that was awesome, man. I can't wait to watch the game this weekend. Absolutely, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Crossover Thursday. Merry Christmas Eve to all of you. If you're a Broncos fan or Chargers fan, hope you and your families have a safe one. Kickoff, 2.05 p.m. Mountain Time. Denver Broncos travel on the road at SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's show. A special thank you to Cody Rourke from the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Always well-informed. Love what he's been able to do with this network. Definitely one of the up-and-coming hosts on here. And we appreciate him coming on the show today. But it's time to get into what we think was going to happen during tomorrow's game when we get into our keys for success tomorrow. We'll have David and John back for that, and we'll get into what we think the Chargers need to do to kind of fix the mistakes they made against the Broncos the first time these two teams 
matched up, and we'll get into that and our bold and game predictions tomorrow. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page of Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there, and that's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show. If you guys like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. We always really appreciate it. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to get into our keys for success and predictions. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.